morning. It's nice to see each one of you here today as I welcome you and I give you a few announcements about church life. Uh, first of all, let me tell you, in the service today, we are going to add one little element as, we, as the children, uh, when they leave from doing children's time, I want us to sing to them, uh, Jesus loves me, one verse, or we'll, we'll go back and forth sometimes, we'll go, uh, we'll sing Jesus loves little children. I just like singing that. I think the, kid, the children like to see you adults singing to them. We always get the children to sing to us. And it just makes, uh, I think, just makes the service better. I also want to remind you that um, I have begun, begun my Wednesday, uh, my uh, visits to the Sunday school classes. I went to the cross trainers class today. It's interesting uh, to do that and to visit the class. And I'm not sure who I'm going to next week, but I will be going to one next week. And if your class is not called uh, June in the office yet and made arrangements, uh, please do that so that I can come and have a little Q&A with you and get to know you and learn your names better. As far as names go, this morning at 9 o'clock I was telling the choir, I thought I knew all the names, you know. I thought I'd got their name, most of the names down pat at the 9 o'clock group. And, uh, and I was going to go down the aisle there, you know, and just say, you're so-and-so and you're so-and-so. <laughs> and then I realized, I don't have them all. So um, I need, what I need you to do for me, uh, Dennis Lee suggested it, and it's a good idea. He said, just have people tell, tell me your names. You just tell me your name when you see me, wherever you see me. If you see me in the bylaw, tell me your name, okay? Just tell me your name until I tell you I don't need you to tell me your name anymore, okay? <laughs> I've, I've got that name. And that will really help me a whole lot. As a couple of announcement reminders, that wonderful Wednesdays continue this week. Uh, preschool and elementary kids are invited to join our annual water play day. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Don't forget to bring your bathing suit, sunscreen, and towel. That's this Wednesday. Also, don't forget music camp is coming up on July the 30th. And Miss Jessica Krim needs you some adult volunteers for food. So if you will see her, uh, if you'd like to help. And if you have any other questions about music camp, I'm sure she can answer them for you. Also, I just want you to be reminded that there is uh, a 20 of our folk, and I'll say something about this in prayer time, gone on their, on their mission trip to uh, South Dakota, to Indian Reservation, and we want to uh, acknowledge that and remember that, and I'll mention more about that in the prayer time. That's all the announcements I have. Let us begin our worship together.
with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. God of wind, word, and fire, we bless your name this day for sending the light and strength of your Holy Spirit. May that same Spirit enable us to praise and witness to your love throughout all the earth through Jesus Christ, who lives with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen.
us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Good morning. You guys doing good this morning? Good. All right, I'm going to ask you to do something for me. If I said, shake your arms, what would you do? Come on, shake your arms. What would you do? All right, now if you want to shake your legs, what would you do? All right, what if I said, shake your whole body? All right, what, is, what does it mean when we talk about our body? That's everything from the top of our head to the tip of our toes, right? What about if we talk about our whole, the whole body of our church? What do you think that means? Every person, that's exactly right. And when we talk about the body of our church, it includes everybody that makes our church so great. Did you know that God's given all of us a gift or a talent? I know that God's given all of you guys gifts and talents because we've seen them through your Christmas programs and when you help each other with your mission kids work. Um, You've raised money for the church. I think you guys are still doing the candy and you're still making birdhouses. Are you still doing birdhouses? Have you moved on? You've moved on, okay. Um, <laughs> did you know that you guys have even been teachers? Did you know that? Did you know that you guys have taught me something and probably a lot of these other people out here? Sometimes when you get old, you get stuck in your ways and you guys keep, a fresh, keep us fresh and uh, you even teach us here. We've all been blessed with gifts, but it takes everybody's gifts here to make this church as great as we can. We've all got to work together. Um, and we're going, we're going to work together here right now. We're going to put a puzzle together, okay? We're going to try to anyway. We'll see how this works. All right. And we've got on the back of these puzzle pieces, there's names. The first one says Miss June. We know Miss June. 
All right, we've got Pastor Joseph. Pastor Joseph up there, he's an important to our puzzle. Let's see, number three, we've got Miss Jessica. Put her puzzle piece together. Her in there. Trapped it. All right. Number four, we got Miss Katie. Put Miss Katie's piece in our puzzle. All right. Number five is me. That's a cool piece there, isn't it? Mr. Robbie on that piece. All right. And we've got Sarah is number seven. We're going to put Sarah here. And Sam, Sam's piece. Sam, you going over here. Fit them all together. And John, let's see, John fits into our puzzle quite nicely. Julia fits in good right here. Sarah, Catherine, let's see, how can I make you fit? Oh, you go, you go right here. You go there. And then the last piece says everyone. So this last piece has everybody's name on it, and it goes right here. So we put our puzzle together. That's not a very exciting puzzle, though, is it? Let's flip it over and see what's on the other side. Flip our puzzle over. What is that? What church is that? Our church? Well, what's wrong with our puzzle? We're missing a piece. Katie, you got it over there? Whoa. I, let me look. Here it is. What's on this piece? And that's the most important piece to our puzzle, wasn't it? That's what held us all together. And what does that kind of look like if you turn it this way? A cross? So we've got to remember that our last piece of the puzzle is always to keep God, and the cross reminds us of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. And when we put that together, now we don't have to worry about it falling apart. It holds us all together nicely. Right? We're going to say a quick little prayer, and i got a puzzle over here. And when you guys put your puzzles together, you remember that every piece counts. And all of our gifts and talents uh, that we have all come together, just like this puzzle does, to make our church the best that it can. Okay? So we're going to bow our heads and say a quick prayer, and then you guys can get a puzzle. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you for these children and the gifts and talents that, they are, that they've given to this church. You've given them uh, these gifts to them to share with everyone here in your house. In your name we pray. Amen. First scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. A call to persevere. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, 
Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The word of God for the people of God. call your attention to some prayer concerns. Um, I talked with Reverend Holt and Arthur is going to have some surgery coming up and he uh, asked for your prayers and Penny does too. Also I want you to know that Dr. Bridges is finally out of the hospital and is, is now in rehab at Rolling Green. Helen Rogers had a little setback it's back in Spartanburg Hospital. Pastor Brenda found out Friday she's going to have to have um, a total hip replacement. So if you happen to come this afternoon and see her sitting a lot or trying to sit, that's, that's the reason. We have 20 people gone off to a mission trip 
at Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, and I just want to read their names as part of our prayer time. Luke Howe, Patrick Simmons, Madison Merrill, Carly Majors, Anna Wade, Morgan Long, Bailey Watson, David Hawkins, Bailey Knapp, Ian Hyatt, Sam Wilson, Stephen Kiff, Sam Thornton, Thomas Thornton, Hannah Bailey, Kobe Zucks, Corey Connett, Jocelyn Kiefer, Stephen Connett, and Andy Watson. I hope you keep these folks in your prayers during this week. Let us bow our heads as we go to God in prayer. O oh Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty God, the whole of creation is yours, for you have created it and hold it in being. And we come now to offer our praise and our thanksgiving, offer our petitions and our prayers. It is a good and rightful thing always to come before you, O Lord, but before we come, we must confess that we've not been the saints that you've called us to be. We have sinned. We have done things that we should not do. We have ignored the precepts of your law. And so, Lord, we come to you asking for forgiveness. We confess before you our need for your grace. And so we pray this day that you would forgive us and you'd restore us to joy. In Christ, we know we have been secured in, our, in your word and sealed by your Holy Spirit. And we pray that that same Spirit would enliven and strengthen us now, that we may be the saints you have called us to be. We know that you have shown it to be your will, that all things in heaven and on earth be united in your purpose. As there is nothing broken or less than whole in heaven, so may it be here on earth. We ask that you touch all the broken places in our lives and in the lives of those most dear to us, especially those that we have named and that we have listed on our prayer list and those that we pause and pray for in the silence of our hearts now. We pray, O oh God, that you give release from pain, freedom from anxiety, and relief from mourning, that our joy may be full. And we, O oh God, who, who sits upon the throne, we pray that you hear our prayers, for we offer them in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and as he taught us to pray with one voice, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is part of worship, so let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward now.
I hope that you will turn with me to the scripture in the book of Romans, chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Give attention to the reading and hearing of God's holy word. Apostle Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you for calling us here by the power of your Holy Spirit. May that same Spirit enable us to worship you this day in spirit and truth and enable us to understand and hear your word proclaimed this day. We pray in your name. Amen. Now, one of the things you're going to find out about me pretty quick is that I like to connect my sermons. Sometimes they're series, and I don't call them that, but that's kind of what they are. And if you think about what we talked about last week, we really were talking about what it, what it means to be part of the kingdom of God uh, when we're dreaming our dreams and, 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 and searching for God and how God works in our lives. And living in the kingdom of God uh, is expressed by many of our confessions in church and expressed in many ways through church and expressed in our lives out in the world. And one of the earliest confessions of the church is the phrase, I believe in the communion of saints. And this confession... It's part of our tradition as a follower of Jesus Christ. But traditions sometimes in the church take a bad rap. And understanding them is a little bit like a story I read about a, a young rabbi who had just been assigned to his new congregation, kind of like me here. And it seemed that uh, in his case, he had, uh, in the service that he had, he had half the congregation would stand for the prayers. The other half the congregation would stay seated for the prayers. And each group would complain about the other, insisting that theirs was the true tradition. A little bit like the way it goes sometimes between contemporary and traditional worship. Each group 
that wants to own that is their tradition and a true tradition. Uh, nothing the new rabbi, uh, rabbi could do uh, would solve the problem. And so finally he sought out the counsel of a former rabbi of that particular synagogue. And he met the old rabbi and he poured out his troubles and he said, so tell me, he said, what was tradition when you were the rabbi? Did they stand during the prayers? And the old rabbi thought for a minute, he said, no. Oh, so the tradition is that they sit during the prayers. And the old rabbi thought for a minute and said, no. Well, the young man responded, what we have is complete chaos. Half the people stand and shout, the others half sit and scream. Ah, oh, said the old rabbi, that was the tradition. <laughs> that sounds kind of familiar to us pastors because sometimes I feel like we're schizophrenic going back and forth between casual and traditional, casual and traditional. But the thing is that I've come to learn that no matter how you worship, the key thing is you worship. The most important thing we do is worship. Um, District Superintendent Susan Leonard Ray told me we don't want to pass on the, the hymns and the songs. We want to pass on worship to the next generation. And that's why it's important. But sometimes when we look at the church, we wonder how we are a communion of saints. How are we a community? It seems like maybe sometimes that's a misnomer uh, for who we are. But it's not. It's not. It's sometimes hard, though, to stay in the middle of things and best to take a side. Uh, you, you know, I, I came from the Western North Carolina Conference. Uh, that's where I grew up. Uh, I've been a Methodist all my life. I've served on many uh, committees and positions as a lay, in lay leadership. And one particular church up there in that conference had a reputation for chewing up every pastor that came to them as that pastor tried to stay in the middle of every issue and above the fight. Now, the reason I know this is true because I attended that church for a while. They were kind of like the story of the fellow who did not want to take sides in a war between the states. He advertised his neutrality by wearing a blue coat and gray pants. So you know what happened, don't you? The rebels shot him in the coat. The Yankees shot him in the pants. <laughs> Friends, churches, though, are communions of saints, but they're not always saintly. As the old hymn goes, and they will know us by our love, by our love, they will know we're Christians by our love. And that is what the communion of saints is all about. It's about more than just fellowship. It's about more than just styles of worship. It's about more than just having a good time and getting along. It is about kindred spirits. It's about common values. It's about the same destiny. It's about the same wonderful adoption that we all have as children of God, as a child of God. You see, we in the church share sainthood. Now, if you ask someone what a saint is, they might describe somebody that they know. My, my grandmother Pons, my mother's mother was a saintly woman. Or they may uh, say that a saint is someone that the church has uh, venerated or revered. But the word saint actually comes from the same root as the word for holy, which is the word that is really described best as set apart. When you're holy or saint, you're set apart. And so we are set apart for a mission, for a responsibility as followers of Christ. And the Apostle Paul often began his letters to the different churches as saints, to the beloved saints at Church of Rome, for example. Were these particular folks 
pious or more pure than anyone else? Well, of course not. Anyone who studied the Bible at all knows that the, the church had many issues, if not more issues, than anyone else. And of course, we know that in the church we have many times and we have issues and issues. Look, we're humans. And because we're humans, we have shortcomings and problems. I have them, you have them. But the designation still stands because we are the church. We are set apart just as they were set apart. Even though at times their behavior and ours is not very saintly, we are saints because of our relationship to Jesus Christ. And so that means for us to be these saints, to be part of this communion, we have to act that way. And the Apostle Paul, in this lesson from Romans 12, gives us a list of how to live. I tell people this is a good thing if you want to take this and just type these up as the how I'm going to live this week, my to-do list for the week. Present yourselves as a living sacrifice. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed uh, by the renewing of your minds in worship and in prayer and devotion and reading of Scripture. Uh, learn what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And you see, you start by remembering who you are and whose you are, as I said last week. So if we are saints, our day-to-day -day activities, even our most mundane activities, must become offerings to God. And God's priorities must become our priorities. One of the authors that I really like is, is uh, Barbara Brown Taylor, who is a former Episcopal priest who uh, uh, teaches now at a college in North Georgia, and she has written many books. And one of her latest books is Altar in the World. And I, I would commend this book to you. What uh, she says is that she has come to learn and to understand that, that no matter what she's doing, she turns it into an altar to God, into, into a purposeful uh, way of knowing God. And she talked about, she lives in a rural area, and she talked about how she goes out to hang the clothes up on the, on the line instead of using her dryer. And she says, I like to do that. I like the way they smell, you know, and it's saving energy and all that. She says, but I don't just hang them up there. She says in the book, she says, when I take the shirt, my husband's shirt, and, and I knock it out, and I put it up, and I put the clothespins on it, and I smooth it out, I don't just do that. I think about my husband. I think about what he might need as far as prayers go. I think about how he's provided and loved us through the years. She says, I turn this simple act of hanging this shirt up as an offering, as an altar in the world. A few weeks ago, I, I lost, I, well, they broke. I broke this little string here that's on my glasses. I, these little things right here that hold your glasses up. And, and so when I broke this, I didn't have any way to keep my glasses around me. And see, I, I told people and tell people all the time, I said, I'm really blind when it comes to reading without these reading glasses. And someone said, well, you still had your reading glasses. I said, yeah, but the thing is, you don't know, there must be a hundred pair of reading glasses all across South Carolina that I have left somewhere because I didn't have this little thing here. I said, so in effect, this little thing gives me sight. And I got to thinking about that because I had read this, uh, what Barbara Brown Taylor said about altering the world. And I thought, I said, you know, I got to thinking about this little strand. First of all, they cost about two bucks, and I went to I had to go around. I finally found them at CVS, the one that I have, and and I got to thinking about the little. And they said they were made in China, and I got to thinking about the person who made them. 
I got to thinking, what kind of life does that person have? What kind of conditions do they work in? Then I got to thinking about how far they had to travel and all the people who had to handle them to get them all the way here and then the person, the clerk, that had to hang them up on the, on the rack and what kind of life did she have and what was going on in her life. And, and then I thought, I thought, you know, I'm thankful to God that I got the two bucks to buy these, these things. I need these things, otherwise I'm blind. And so I, in effect took the time to think through all that and to ask and thank God. Thank you, God, for the person who made these things, who shipped these things, who put them on the counter for me. And thank you, God, that I got the money to buy them. And I have them. And thank you, Lord, for the sight that they provide for me. An altar in the world, communion of saints, everything we do is about that. You know, I often wondered, uh, thought in the past, how come it is that it doesn't say love? You notice that it doesn't say anything about love in the Apostles' Creed. It, does, it doesn't say that. But if you think about all the saints in heaven, the communion of saints, and you think about them praying for me and you, I realize that love is there. Love is this community of saints. And that's what the communion of saints is all about. They belong together, being in Christ and loving that's the real meaning of the communion of saints. And most of the time we forget it and neglect to draw our strength from it. And we forget to understand that all of life, all of life is part of that communion of saints. And all of life is an opportunity for us to present whatever we're doing as an altar in the world. So the question has to be, do we live as if we believe in it. Do we live as if we believe in the communion of saints? Well, let me tell you about one little woman as I finish. This little woman is 103 years old. Her name is Lalage Jones, and I think she knows some of you in this congregation. She's a former minister's spouse. She attended First Lancaster. She was in church every Sunday. She was the last one in, but she was in. Oftentimes, I would have already started and got through my announcements, and I'd fire at the side door, and she was waiting patiently with her cane. And I'd often have to tell her to motion her to come on in because she wasn't about to disturb the service if she got there late. I didn't want her to stand there too long. But she was there every Sunday. In fact, she was there a couple Sundays when I wasn't there. And someone asked me, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with her? Does it not ever rain at her house that keeps her from coming to church? Does she never have unexpected guests? Does she never go somewhere on Saturday and feels tired and can't come to Sunday service? Does she never attend a, a family reunion? Does she, does she never get a cold or the flu? Does she never oversleep? Does she never get angry at the minister and say, I'm just staying home? Does she... Does she not have a TV or a radio and can hear a good sermon there? What's the matter with her? Well, I'll tell you what's the matter with her. She believes in the communion of saints. And as long as she has breath, she will be in the communion of saints on Sunday morning in worship. She believes that there is something greater than her own self-interest. She believes that there's something supernatural that happens 
within the community of the faithful during worship, and she wants to be part of that. She doesn't want to miss one minute of it. She doesn't want to miss one minute of communing with her fellow saints. Years ago, a little boy was asked if he knew what a saint was, and he thought for a minute, and, and he remembered the stained glass windows. And you know, oftentimes, the stained glass windows will have depict uh, people in them. And he said, and I quote, the saints are the ones the light shines through. The saints are the ones the light shines through. There's not a better quote. There's not a better word and from the mouth of a child. True words were never spoken. Friends, you are part of the communion of saints. Let your light shine to the world. The world needs it. And I hope that you want to be part of that and continue to be part of the communion of saints. And so I offer these words to you for encouragement and hope as we continue to meet together as the day approaches. In God's holy name, I offer this prayer. Amen.